How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going adorable. Adorable? I got a new door today, so... Ah, okay. That's my joke. <laughs> and, it, and it is able, hopefully. I haven't tried it yet. It might just be a wall they put up. That might have <laughs> cask of Amontillado to me. I didn't even realize. It's just like they're just pouring like wet cement outside the other exit. To Weird your amount of brickwork. To... <laughs> it's going to be a heavy door, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. I mean, it'd be, it would be ironic. I don't know if it would be funny. Um, being in an apartment, you would think they would optimize for like not killing their tenants. But I know that sometimes they try to like renovate and then get new tenants in. So maybe this would be at odds. I would hope my money's still good. <laughs> and it wouldn't be like, eh, let's get rid of them. <laughs> right. It does feel like if the landlord is making the jump from like, we should just like raise rent and see if they keep paying it to let's kill them. Like it's a little bit, it's a little bit extreme. Brand new apartment opening. Um, no credit check required. Uh huh. And a discount if you take care of the corpse. <laughs> the disclaimer, yeah. like, hey, uh, somebody did die in this apartment. It's like, uh-huh. you've been saying that for all the units you've shown me. Uh-huh. What's up with that? That would be very funny. It's like, no, everyone in the apartment actually died at, at once. There was a gas leak. Yeah, gas leak. <laughs> oh, no. As somebody who already, like, will be like semi asleep in bed all lights are out and you just uh-huh. hear noises and you're waiting for your brain to just be unconscious and sometimes you will hear like some clicking of something in a vent very mm-hmm. far away right uh, but it echoes and bounces around and now i'm thinking oh are they trying to poison me <laughs> right <laughs> they're just they're just like 007 crawling through the vents <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think it's super likely no nah, i I still think they want my money for mm-hmm. now. That's usually that's usually what people do, what people want. Um, but you know who really, really wants your money? Who? It's all of these video game publishers. These people trying to get you to download the bits. Um, maybe get a CD, but mostly download the bits. I say CD. They're never CDs anymore. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? The, the games? <laughs> yes. Video games. Yeah, exactly. Some of them charging $70. $70 for a video game. Can you believe that? I I can't, mainly because the ones I've seen are not... I would not value at 70 Yeah. I actually wonder what the list is, because I think Square Enix was doing that a bunch. Uh, $70 video games. We even I, wanna... I think Tekken 8 is listed at 70 Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is funny. Um, I just did a really quick uh, search for this just to see like what was included in the list of games that were like $70 because I'm pretty sure that started this year, right? We're talking about the year in review. Obviously, we can talk about the price. Um, and this is taken from the website vintagesthenewold.com. But their list was Jedi Survivor, Dead Island 2, and then Redfall, and then Cough, <laughs> like SIC. <laughs> like they just <laughs> wrote Cough in there, which Ooh. is very funny. Um, Mortal Kombat, Call of Duty for Spoken, which also kind of deserves a cough. Final Fantasy 7 and 16, Madden, some racing game, F1 something, Diablo 4, Legend of Zelda. I guess Diablo 4 is the 
that'd be the touch point for me. Yeah. Which I didn't want to spend 70. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I got overwhelmed by the, the hype of friends. I'm like, I'll play with friends. And then like two weeks later, we never spoke of it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think talking about Diablo is should definitely take some of our time here. Tears of the Kingdom was seventy bucks. Did I pay seventy dollars for this game? I own it. Hmm. Probably there might have been a mistake. <laughs> it was good. It was probably worth seventy bucks, but I don't I don't want people to charge seventy dollars per game. Yeah, um, I. There is a part of me that kind of wants to just not buy any video games for like two years, mm-hmm. and then start getting like the. Oh, it's a fifty percent off because it came out years ago. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. Uh-huh. And then I'll finally play Alan Wake too. I'll finally play these games. Yeah, I mean, I I know it gets brought up sometimes, but I feel I should advocate for like the sub community patient gabers. I think it's a subreddit um, where they like will post deals for games that are significantly discounted off of whatever their retail price is. Um. <laughs> I think we'll probably talk about it a little bit within the context of the games that came out this year, but I'm not really clearing games at the velocity I once did. Um, I'll admit some some of that fault. Um, so I could afford to wait in a lot of cases, right? Yeah, if I it's going to sit, I mean, yeah, might if as it, well. If it's, but it's I think it's hard to know at the time unless you have like, this is my backlog and yeah. nothing can kind of uh jump in line uh-huh that's an interesting idea um i like organization like i like spreadsheets and things like that i wonder if there would be value to creating an actual backlog like a priority ordered backlog probably i think from like an organ self-organization and discipline standpoint well mainly that but also like having it on paper and mm-hmm. having like oh uh this Maybe you put dates with it as far as I would like to complete this game by this date and right. move on to the next one. Um, but yeah, having a tangible thing makes it more likely versus I should really do X. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Like I do that for myself and then I rarely enforce it. I've yeah. had a reminder at 11.30 a.m. for probably two years. Mm-hmm. I got like a little arm bar thing to do like chin-ups and pull-ups. 11.30 a.m. every day. It's like, hey, do pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's 11.30. That's the only thing I use it for. I'm like, I should start <laughs> right. getting lunch ready. Uh-huh. So it there. is nice to have something else, like some other outside factor to assist. Yeah. There is a certain amount of it seems silly to track it, like a video game, right? Like it's recreation time. Who organizes their recreation time? But maybe maybe it's not crazy right like maybe there might be some value there i think i think it could get turned into that like a little bit of the guilting <laughs> process if i added a column that was like i count the number of times that this thing was shifted down <laughs> a passover rule if you will uh-huh exactly um but i was going to say just to to make you feel a little bit better i have an item in my to-do list Uh, admittedly it's in the inbox so it's not scheduled for a particular day um that has largely been around since i started using todoist which was october 12th 2018 (laughs) uh to check out landon's small form factor um 
PC build, which was completed in 2018. So <laughs> there's, I have a couple things that have stuck around too. <laughs> um, so it's, it's still it's not, not in Google me. calendars. Uh, anytime I go and like, oh, I need to add an appointment here or something, which I still don't do enough as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, it will always have like some random, like the third Thursday of every month is like, hey, uh, you can put a thing to have remind Jake to tell me to do a thing. I'm like, what? Uh huh. And it's been there forever, and it it keeps showing up. I'm just like, no, uh, not my problem. Not uh-huh. not getting in the way of anything. That's fair. That is fair. Um, as long as the important stuff gets done, that's what that's what really matters. I think. Yeah, I wait for them to put stuff in red ink, and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> you are being taken to collections. <laughs> You're like, good luck. I've been putting on the pounds. <laughs> Taking me nowhere. <laughs> um, I would just, you know, declare bankruptcy. I hear that works for people. Uh-huh. Um, it, it can. It depends on whether you're going to have unsecured or secured debt, more or less. Not financial advice. Um, but we've reached the end of the year. As alluded to in the previous episode, congratulations. You've made it. If you're listening to this the day it came out, it is like straight up the end of the year, right? I assume that this is, I think the most likely case for people listening to this to this podcast is it is a New Year's Eve party and they've just like put on our podcast to like keep people entertained. God, I hope so. I hope they put this on <laughs> at exactly 11 p.m. <laughs> yeah. We just have it exactly at the hour. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to we'll like do a countdown at the end. Therefore, if people mm-hmm. want to sync it up, they can. What we've got to do is we've got to we've got to end the episode before the hour mark, and then like ha- adjust the speed of the intro and the outro, so that the podcast is literally just an hour long, even if the intro is unlistenable <laughs> and the outro is unlistenable. <laughs> it's doable. We have the technology. We'll link around the speed of sound. I got place to go to follow my rainbow. Uh huh exactly exactly um the sonic the sonic episode um i was reminded that one of the things that happened this year um from someone else's recap actually was that the uh the creator of sonic was um prosecuted for insider trading <laughs> huh yeah so he also made balan under uh balan wonder world was the oh other. he deserves to die then. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah, was, I think it was Japan prosecution, so he's probably going to prison for a while. Um, they have like a 99% conviction rate for cases that actually get taken up in Japan. Like people do not go to court and then be found innocent. It's it's not a thing. Um, well, I'll stay here in the US then. Uh, avoid any foreign travel mm-hmm. for a little bit. If you have to travel, do not break local laws. That's good good advice in general, but there are some places you definitely should not do it. Um, I feel like if they don't have signage, I wouldn't know. I really mm, wouldn't know. That's fine. Wait, murder is wrong here? What? Well, I, <laughs> there was no sign. Certain things are very global, but like I think in Thailand, like you're not allowed to chew gum. Uh huh. That's like a really random thing. I would not know of that. But it's not yeah. like I'm necessarily like, oh, I got to bring my travel gum. Mm-hmm. But like maybe I just have some on me. I'm like, oh. I'm eating in two hours. I'll just have some gum for the time being. 
boom, arrested. Yeah, right on the spot, straight to prison. Um, Drag you out of the the, the airport, <laughs> just like any international section. You just you're gone. It was a layover. It was just a layover. Um, jokes on them. I, I blow up the bubble, mm-hmm. and for some reason, it uh, the the air that was in there. I guess the CO two from my lungs has now mm-hmm. become helium, and I float away. <laughs> there you go. That's the advanced strat. Um, speaking of video game logic, though, uh, we have a lot. Of, we covered a lot of episodes. We went through a lot of logic for video games. There you go. That's the end of the segue. Um, also, got some questions together here. We can go over. Um, how do you want to format this? Do you want to talk about things that we talked about this year, kind of in retrospective, or do you want to start with the questions and explore as we as we wish? Uh, probably questions and then derail as needed. Sure. Go in, we can go off the rails. It is the uh, that's that's our prerogative at the end of the year. No rails. Um, so the first one I have here, I'll ask you, Dave. Um. What was your personal game of the year and why? We're doing this the opposite of the game show where they build up hype and stuff. We yes. crush that right out the jump. Like, so get that out there. I'm a little bit torn mm-hmm. because there are two major games that I've loved that came out this year. Yeah. In Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, mm-hmm. and Baldur's Gate 3. Now, I have done 98% of the content as far as achievements in Armored Core 6. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 3 is not as close. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> By yeah. a long shot. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, I think, is still game of the year. Like the level of immersion as far as an RPG is concerned and the attention to detail and so many things that you can make decisions on that you probably didn't even know about. Um it is amazing, and it's so good for that. I'm always going to have a place in my heart for Armored Core 6, though. I just wanted to give it a mention because super enjoyed everything about it, and I hope they do more stuff like that in the future. I mean, same for Baldur's Gate 3 and RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to finally have something again since Divinity Original Sin 2, which is the closest I got. But yeah, I'd still have to give it to Baldur's Gate 3. It's just too good to not. Yeah. I can kind of, I can almost copy paste um, your response, but I do want to throw in some extra context for me. Like, there have been a lot of good games that came out that were playable on PC this year, and I didn't finish that many of them. Uh similar similar situation obviously you're playing Baldur's Gate 3 together um but some of the games so the games I did play I kind of like want to knock out of the running sometimes like uh, an example of this is Diablo 4 right like I actually think Diablo 4 is a really good game but I don't want to play it (laughs) and so nothing else matters right (laughs) like like I actually we could go into like a probably a, a lengthy discussion about Diablo 4. Maybe we should, but like that was the other game I put a lot of time into. It wasn't like Destiny, right? Which I'm I'm not counting for anything. It didn't come out this year, and even if it did, there's a lot of problems with it. But like Yeah, I, I didn't play a lot of these other games that came out, or if I did, and they would have been a potential game of the year contender, they actually weren't that good. Like Starfield, 
um, which I'm calling midfield now. It's, it's just my, my pet name for it. Um, I like that you're dunking on it versus me because mm-hmm. I'm very much being fed by YouTube reviews and other stuff, and I've had no actual hands-on experience with the game. Granted, the YouTube gameplay is one-to-one, mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm completely unfairly judging it. Right, but they're giving examples and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the game I wanted to be game of the year, I think. Um, not counting Baldur's Gate 3, but until I had played it, right? Like, in as far as hype, as far as anticipation, I put a lot of time into Bethesda RPGs, and this is the one that's, you know, despite everything that happened in 76, I was like, I still believe that they can do some good things. And I'm like, I still believe they can do things. <laughs> like, that's basically where it's where it's it's put me where, you know, despite putting over 100 hours into the game, I put a lot of time into that game. I came out the other end of it and I was like, how many of those hours were actually meaningful gameplay? Is this game actually worse than Skyrim as far as fun is concerned? And the answer is yes. I My measure of that is always going to be uh, did like a specific moment or situation stand out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in the case of Lethal Company, uh, brief mention of that, sure. a lot of that is just experience based. Who yes. you're playing with, what you run into, and you have a story of like, oh my god, last time we played, this happened. It was fucking crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for single player games, it's like, oh my god. Um, let's say when Alfira sings in Baldur's Gate 3, mm-hmm. it's within Act 1. It's not a spoiler. Right. But like, there's a lot of production put into it. And for me, at least, I, I was slightly moved, slightly more immersed. I'm like, that's really fucking cool that they did that. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, here's like a, a two line song. Like it goes for like three minutes. Yeah. And I was like, are we still playing this game? People were like, yeah, it's just this is a very long cutscene. I was like, okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like how is it going to stand out for you? What will you remember after the fact? So like yeah. for Diablo 4 for me, nothing. Nothing's going to be like, oh my God, that's so cool. So crazy. And I'll remember it forever. Mm-hmm. Whereas Armored Court 6 I can't do it because I'd be spoiling things. Uh-huh. But there are a lot. There are a lot of cool things. Yeah, I think that's that's a very that's a very fair takeaway, right? Because then it's regardless of how many hours the game is. Like you, people can talk about the value proposition, um, and a lot of the games that came out that are top contenders this year actually have a lot of hours of content. Baldur's Gate, Armored Core, um, great examples there. Um, and other games like we haven't played, I don't know how long Alan Wake is, but like there is a lot of obviously really good games, but the ones I played generally and, and completed were not the, not very good. Right. So Starfield, which I'm going to not talk about a ton about right now, cause I, I want to mention it later. Um, and then payday three was the other one, right? Like payday three literally got me to play payday two a ton this year. People who saw my steam retrospective can see that, right? Like, but it's because Payday 3 was so disappointing. So I put the time into new releases sometimes where I shouldn't have this year. And so I'm going to be super able to critique things, but maybe a little bit less able to say what went, what went well. Right. <laughs> so true. Um, but I think you need a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Because if if all you have is just good things, you won't know necessarily how bad it can be and why it's that good. Yeah, I do think to answer the question, though, because I've, I've waffled enough on it. Um, 
I I think it's I think it's Baldur's Gate three. Also, I I do believe it's Baldur's Gate three. It it would feel literally wrong to just try to equivocate. Like I played Dave the Diver, also mm. an excellent game. I actually finished that one. You're welcome. But, but I have yeah. But I, did, I, did. I didn't buy him the game. It's just my name's <laughs> in it. So yes, you're right. See, he gets rights. Dave is actually very rich now. <laughs> Nexon is just shoveling him money over on the side. Um, but I do have some gripes with it, and I think there's some things where like other games within the management space have done things better, and there's lessons they could have learned. Um, Baldur's Gate three, freaking Larian, right? Like, how can you how can you take from them what they've done uh, you can't um like they treat their people well their voice actors are amazing members of the community um it's basically i have no idea why well actually i do know wizards of the coast is like laying off a lot of their D team um and it has i assume nothing to do with this it's just because hasbro is an evil corporation and they're like hey if you can't make a hundred million dollars you're like basically tiered within our corporate structure lower mm-hmm. um so they're literally just trying to pump money out of people it's a game company it's what they do and like Baldur's great theory was the, the the glimmering like hope of D in all of this right a lot of people are going to try D that never did because this game is just so good and i think they'll be kind of disappointed in some ways because this game is so good but it's also like for for nerds, um, it's so freaking good, right? It's like the first time a good movie comes out for an IP that you're interested in, right? Maybe like really like a series of books and they just never, they never do it, right? Like I assume the new Dune is something like this, right? Yeah. Um, you, you hope that when somebody kind of takes over that, ip or they're doing a spin-off or some type of media with it you want it to match your expectation of it yeah so like when um game of thrones was coming out people were like hey this is like a really important book series for a lot of people is really good and then like as far as the production and the acting and everything like rave reviews a, a lot of the people who were watching myself included had never mm-hmm. fucking heard of the books or read yeah. them mm-hmm. and they're just like this is a really good show what is this based on Oh, there's a book series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really good. And honestly, I want Larry to just keep making games because I think it's I think it's natural when you have publishers, when you have developers that are disappointing you to cling mm-hmm. to what you have, right? And in this case, I'm like I'm clinging to Larian cuz they're they're what we have still. And the people that I've spent hundreds or, you know, across their games, probably thousands of hours playing, um, haven't been holding up nearly as well, um, which is unfortunate. Armored Core 6 does seem good, though. <laughs> if I had more time in Armored Core 6, I think it could potentially be a runner up, but it would be disingenuous of me to be like, yeah, I'm stuck at this boss and it's <laughs> game of the year, right? Um, so. Yeah, not to like take away from other games that weren't game of the year, but just as far as, I mean, we kind of explained our reasoning, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just, it does not take away from other good titles that came out this year, but it really does stand out in multiple facets and should be recognized as such. And it was, suck at Alan Wake 2. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll, I'll play it eventually. I actually do. I'm very interested in Alan Wake 2, but. Oh, yeah. 
I'm hoping it comes to Game Pass. Um, that would be perfect Same. for me. Um, I'm sending you a link right now because it's just absurd here. So I'm just going to TLDR for you guys. We can get back to the questions here, obviously. But there were uh, an absurd number of literally PC games that came out this year, right? Like the thing that people have been throwing around, I think we mentioned it a little bit on the on a previous episode, is the question, is this like one of the best years for video games ever? And... Some people are like, nah, not really. Think, Look at all these bad examples, Starfield, stuff like that. But it's such a consistent year, right? Like there were so many games that came out and so many of them were good. Uh, usually on the case of like multiple really good games per month. Um, it's just there were also some disappointments <laughs> that dragged it down and make it seem worse than it was, right? But yeah, like... In general, I don't need too much to eat and be happy. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there are some good ones, awesome. I'm not really going to seek out the bad ones because I typically won't be interested in them. Yeah. Um, and if there's a major flop of something, I will help on the dog pile as far as we should not be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, this should not be something that we strive for. But a lot of them for me will also just kind of go by the way because I'm not actively following them. Yeah. I think that's that's entirely fair. And a lot of these games I didn't even necessarily see much mention of until, you know, later um, when they were doing the the game awards and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah. if you were if you're the type of person who was playing games every month, there was definitely something to do every month of the year. And very rarely would you need to fall back on like the previous month's game. Um, It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, there are definitely like some heavy hitter games throughout. Mm-hmm. But outside of the heavy hitters, we also mentioned there are some less satisfying games that came out this year. Now, I know that I was reverse navigating the minefield and trying to hit all of the mines. Um, but do you have any game, a game or games that stood out as a disappointment this year? So I might need to rephrase this a little bit because I don't have as much experience with some of these games that kind of flopped. You can you can um, do it like a politician. <laughs> You're like, I don't like that question. Here's a better question. <laughs> Let me rephrase it into a different thing entirely. Uh-huh. I love my family. <laughs> um, so for me, for as far as like direct experience, uh, Diablo 4, hmm. um, I honestly had a lot of fun with it and playing with people and checking out some stuff. At a point, it did kind of feel empty to me. Like, I didn't have mm-hmm. more interest to keep playing. Right. Um, whereas wanna... if it's like Path of Exile, mm-hmm. I would still be playing it. It just has a way of getting its claws in me. So that was a minor disappointment for me. Not a huge thing, but again, I wanna, that was something I I want to dig on that one yeah. for a second, though. Because I I feel like, so we both played Diablo. We can We can relate to this a little bit. Do you know what it was in Diablo 4 that like was a disappointment compared to Path of Exile? Because I believe you. I know I know you've put a crazy amount of time into Path of Exile. You have the credentials to back up this statement. Um, but like what did Diablo 4 lack? Uh so for me, like I, I like that you can manipulate the skill trees mm-hmm. um and just having skill trees in general. I didn't like how it's like, hey, you can do like one of these three play styles which 
looking mm-hmm. back, I'm sure Diablo 2 pretty much did that already anyway. Um, but I wasn't super invested in the story at all. Mm-hmm. Like Diablo 2's cutscenes, I was like, yo, what the fuck's going on? I'm, I'm excited, I'm stoked. Uh, and then Diablo 4 is kind of like, uh, there's a wolf telling you to do stuff. This lady mm-hmm. seems bad, or is she? Um, I just didn't get roped into it. That's fair. I, I, I do think, and you can disagree with me on this, I think that Diablo 4 was better in gameplay and in story than Diablo 3. Yes, because I don't remember anything about Diablo 3, <laughs> yeah. which says a lot. But I do think that Diablo is kind of just like as a series it's gotten to the point of the maturity where it was like remember our golden years like diablo 4 really had a lot of uh uh like you remember you guys yes. played diablo 2 right like you know this guy right like yes. callbacks and things like that and i'm sure for a lot of people they really enjoyed it but it does sort of emphasize that it couldn't stand on its own right they didn't have more ideas than the primevals keep coming back and we keep having to kill them yes somebody like guard the spawn at this point right yeah it's just it's hard to explain unless you grew up playing diablo 2 and then you have diablo 4 as a comparison Mm -hmm. but yeah i did appreciate one or two of the nods early and then i'm like they sure are nodding a bunch yeah okay um yeah it just it feels lacking kind of like a soulless triple a kind of way mm-hmm. like there's not anything that's like immediately like oh this is terrible it just feels wrong to me yeah if that makes sense that's fair i think i think if if i were to take a guess here like path of exile has like pushed the formula because i actually think in a lot of ways diablo 4 mechanically is a better game than diablo 2 I know I'll be killed for this. Like, I my time is limited. Like, Dave is... He's, I see him grabbing his keys in the back. But, like, Diablo 2 had a bunch of excellent things that were absolutely revolutionary for when it came out. But, like, going back and playing Resurrected, you can see, like, I could see how this could have been developed on more. Or even... This is maybe where Path of Exile did develop on this, right? Um, but Diablo 4 doesn't, like, do as much. It's trying to be very safe, Yes. And very consumable. And even when it's like, oh, the game is hard, it's it's possible to make a game that's hard and still very accessible. And that's really what they really tried to focus on and try instead of trying to like take a bunch of risks. And then yeah. obviously live service model nonsense, season pass, all that stuff. Those are all cons. Like I, I don't like any of that. Um, no. It's it's pretty bad in that regard. I think just for comparison of why I like or, or appreciate Path of Exile so much in comparison mm-hmm. is really the the amount of like a rabbit hole you can go down mm-hmm. as far as builds. Yeah. What type of build do you want to do? Oh, it doesn't matter what your starting class is, by the way. Yes. Um, yeah. The only thing your starting class matters for is when you get your ascension points and then you're like subclassing. That's the only time it really comes in. Yeah. Because beyond that, it's just where you start on the giant grid tree. Mm-hmm. But there's so many decisions that you can make and so many interesting builds. Um, it's just so much more going on with it. And for yeah. me, I like that part. I like not necessarily always knowing and trying things out. And each season will add like a new actual content thing. Um, and then Diablo 4 is like, I'm Diablo. I'm like, okay right yeah like it just feels like you're 
scaling up some numbers for things and that's it mm-hmm. or even like the unique abilities feel very hey every uh, three seconds you can attack twice i'm like cool right. like it doesn't have that level of customization and intricacy it just feels very mm. yeah i think i think that's fair i think that's fair to an extent like um i unfortunately i think my biggest gripe with i just don't want to play an action rpg that's honestly the biggest thing i have against diablo um because a lot of the things i do really appreciate from like being able to like steal the affixes off legendaries and stuff like that and kind of like just have a bunch equipped at a time i think that's i think that's cool but yeah i don't know um I'm sure they made a lot of money off of it. Hopefully enough that you know, people don't get did. fired, but that doesn't seem to be <laughs> the case anymore. A lot of people, a lot of people got fired this year. Um, yeah, I don't want to harp on Diablo four too much. Cause we already had an episode on it. That's um, true. Yeah. Um, I feel like we do need to harken back to shitting on Redfall. Oh yeah. Um, we didn't bl- even play a piece of shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> but like we watched a friend of the show, and special guest Ian play mm-hmm. on Discord, and we saw a lot it. of the the issues of people posting on YouTube and other mediums mm-hmm. that it just wasn't a complete game. It wasn't yeah. a fun game. It wasn't QA'd. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just very much a disappointment when a lot of people are still kind of thirsting, pun intended, mm-hmm. um, for the new truly spiritual successor for something like left for dead 2 yeah because a lot of people were not crazy about back for blood Mm -hmm. i thought it did enough hit enough of the boxes um but yeah not to say it can't be outdone i think there's still room to evolve on that yeah it's their 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 graph on wikipedia is kind of useless so arcane austin as the office specifically that was working on Redfall. But I don't know if other teams contributed. Um, it's such a disappointment because, I mean, it was terrible. Everyone knew it was terrible. It wasn't the only game on launch that launched into just instant mediocrity. Um, Starfield actually took longer for people to kind of realize that it was relatively mediocre. Redfall was just bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is the same... According to Wikipedia, the same team that made Prey, and that is insanity to me. Prey is like in Prey's the running. Really good. <laughs> Prey is potentially my favorite game. Full stop. Like I just, I really, really like Prey. Um, and this was like so bad that people were like leaving development. <laughs> like they were leaving the company while it was being made. Right. This is literally yeah. a studio ender. That's the type of tier of mistake that this was. Yeah, I'm sure there are other factors at play. Um, as it usually is, there's usually some upper degree of management that just makes a shitty call mm-hmm. or doesn't understand the workflow. Um, it could be any number of things, yeah. but yeah, it was a, a major flop. Yeah. Yeah. To say, to say the least, right? Like, um, this is actually <laughs> basically my answer. I think now that you've elucidated that, because just because of the, I didn't even play Redfall. I was hoping it was good. But I'm just concerned it destroyed the studio. <laughs> and I Maybe. love the studio. The other thing I'm kind of curious about is I've seen 
Oni Plays does a Let's Play of Forspoken, or at least they have a couple of episodes, and they're constantly shitting on it for a lot of the writing and how things don't make sense. Yeah. But at a glance, the gameplay seems fine enough. Um, The open world thing might be maybe not the best, but Mm -hmm. it just seems like a very AAA, here's this thing. And if you like completely close your eyes, yeah, you could probably have fun with it. Um, if you're somebody who's more critical, I could easily see, I wouldn't say showstoppers, but it's just like, why would, why is my character an asshole? Why would uh-huh. somebody do this? Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, just things like that, that really would take you out of it. But yeah, I'm I actually th- curious how it was received. For spoken, I mean, I'm looking it up in real time here, but I, I think you touched on something that was interesting, and it, we see it a lot in some of the games that came out this year. So Metacritic, this is PS5. It got a 64, 63 Ooh. on PC. So very, very, very poor. Um, but something, the, the interesting thing you called out here is it seems like for a lot of games that came out that had some disappointing aspects, like as a gamer... Soft G gamer. Uh, as a gamer playing for the first time, you can immediately identify that is a super cringy thing that person just said. Like, yes. or this game does not play well on this console. Or, like, in the case of Redfall, what are we doing? <laughs> right? Like, is everything just a pointless fetch quest? Why is the game in this world? Like, it's very, very obviously, if you had played a good game, this is not that. Right? Mm. Um, and, it seems like a lot of those got through the cracks this year. Like, well, it felt like people had to ship it. Again, uh, I think it comes down to like management and company stuff itself. Because, mm-hmm. again, while we are soft G gamers, I mean, we definitely have a wealth of experience playing different games and we enjoy it as a pastime. Mm-hmm. But I think for the larger demographic, they're not us. Like, I think sometimes it's like, grandma wants to buy you a game oh johnny likes video games here's a video game mm-hmm. or some people who are just like hey i want to unwind with a video game what's new oh right. let me try this thing out right they're not looking for necessarily a specific experience or a certain genre of game they're like hey this looks cool and fun mm-hmm. and for them it might be awesome but just like if you somebody who's watched like a whole bunch of movies you start to look for certain things like, oh, I really like this as far as character development and an arc right. and other stuff. And that's how I feel with video games. So Baldur's Gate 3 knocked it out of the fucking park, mm-hmm. making characters interesting, having legitimately applicable dialogue to the situation. Um, and then you look at something like Starfield, and I'm like, AAA, not even interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I felt for a while with Bethesda and I mean, more than just Bethesda, but Forspoken is another good example of not having good character-driven stuff. Yeah, it seems like it had poor direction, right? Someone mm-hmm. behind the scenes making decisions here was making the wrong decisions. And the studio ultimately gets punished for it. Maybe the person who was responsible was among the casualties, but like the Square Enix studio that was working on Forspoken literally was dissolved and the people were moved to other teams. I don't know if everyone was replaced um, like to a different place in the company, hopefully. Um, but that team does not exist. They were straight up like, no, that was it. This this was too far of a miss. Um, 
uh, I, I would say, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a Razzie's award or whatever, but a runner-up position for disappointment this year is definitely Gollum. Uh, but that one was no. too entertaining, so I don't think it even counts, right? Like, the knowledge that it came out and the videos around it and stuff was so entertaining. I was like, I'm glad this was released. Um, the publisher, the, the, the publisher that published the game was trying to do their own development thing with Gollum. And after it came out, they were like, we're going to go back to publishing games. <laughs> and they literally just dissolved their development side. And they're like, it's only only publishing now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, it is. As you said, crazy how many things got through the cracks. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, at least. There was a lot. You would you would be, I think, uh, forgiven to think like with all of the negative games that we've mentioned that it was actually like a garbage year for games because we've given so many negative examples. But there were there were still a lot that were excellent and a lot that we didn't play. Um, which kind of goes into my answer for the next one, which was uh, what's the vibe for this year in gaming for you? I'm going to call it the duality of man. That'll be that'll be the vibe for me. Um, because, man, the highs were so high fi rush the lows were like i didn't even play high fi rush but i know it's excellent it's on game pass i can get i can play it whenever i want uh the lows were like why did i take pto for this game <laughs> yeah but uh i don't know o- overall i think it was pretty good what was what was the vibe you got for for this year in gaming um i'll be honest i was very pleasantly surprised with some of the stuff that came out Mm-hmm. because like at all points i'm still thinking about eldering from time to time yeah um friend tyler has been streaming some on discord and i'm like oh, he's playing it uh-huh. he's like what do you do with this I'm like oh well you got to go here and do a bit of it like yeah. i'm willing to just dump all this information um i want to try to not spoil anything but for me i'm still in that space right yeah to a degree now granted eldering came out last year mm-hmm. um and I'm like, okay, what's going to even compare to Elden Ring? Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Granted, it's a different type of game, but uh, I, it was very easy for me to like get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lies of P. I was yeah. not expecting any other studio besides FromSoft to make a Souls-like and have it be decent. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Uh, very much enjoyed that. Armored Core 6. Had no idea what to expect. Had an amazing time. And mm-hmm. I suck at the game. Um, Lethal I, I wanna, Company came out of the blue. I'll, I'll I gotta, stop inter- I gotta yeah. interject specifically for Armored Core 6. I was watching a Mandalore video where someone asked him what his impression of Armored Core was. And he was like, I like it, but I think it's like it might be the easiest one in the series so far. And I was still, I'm still stuck on this boss. I was like, dang it, Mandalore. Like, why do you have to say that? I feel specifically called out. Well, I think some of the older games, in, to defend you, defend you, I oh, think some of the you. older games are more janky and more difficult and a lot more constricted gotcha okay I like so. listening to vadi video talk about like going back and playing these games on emulators he's like some of these like bosses in the arena are just like fucking insane uh-huh. um okay i feel better then but you were saying lethal company uh for for the vibe of the year and all these good games yeah that kind of came out or popped up within like the last month or so month mm-hmm. or two um and it's been like a very positive thing i knew nothing about it ahead of time i still don't know too much about it but like even now i see some friends on lethal company and i'm just smiling thinking like how are they gonna fuck this up Uh um but yeah like that just came out of the blue there wasn't a 
hey, we're looking forward to this in 2023. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see, you know, with some of these major studios failing to have a smaller indie thing be like, oh, huge success. Awesome. That's true. Yeah, and I, I will say even amongst the uh, the major studios, like it's not all bad news. We did get like, and this was the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. But God of War, Ragnarok, Valhalla, free DLC, like literally Valhalla, free, yes. um, which is tremendous. But like Santa Monica, um, uh, Sony Santa Monica, the studio that made the game, I don't understand what they're on. It seems to be like they, they haven't had their empathy stripped, like stripped from them. And they're working for things other than just capitalism. I don't understand. But the fact that like this AAA developer who made excellent God of War would come out with Valhalla and just be like, hey, this will, you know, wrap up the story of our last game. And if you have the game, you have the DLC. Merry Christmas. Like, I don't understand how corporations let them get away with this, given everything else they've been doing this year. But I'll mm-hmm. take it. Right. So there, there is good news today. Yeah, it is nice to see something come out for the community, mm-hmm. which even feels weird, weird to say out loud. Yeah. Hmm. And it's supposed to be really good. I saw an early kind of or a, a video review of it, and it's about like six hours of content. It's got the roguelike sort of meta progression and stuff like that. Like, it looks good. If I <laughs> if I if I wasn't trying to complete other games, I would very heavily consider going back and playing it. Yeah, I might do that at some. I say I might do that at some point. I have no no plans at the it's moment. Like to, it, it's to go back. It's not like, placed on the list. It's floating no. somewhere underneath the list, right? But like, I do enjoy the gameplay. I just don't have anything currently driving me to check out God of War. You know, that's fair. Yeah. Although, if people haven't checked out Ragnarok, like if you skipped that, and you can do like Ragnarok into Valhalla, like absolutely freaking do that. Yes, it is. It is a very solid game. Mm-hmm. Not better than Elden Ring, as we all voted and proved, <laughs> but super good. Super yeah. good. Elden Ring's pretty hard to beat. Um, and I'm just very glad we don't have to put Elden Ring up against uh, Baldur's Gate 3, right? Like, I'm glad. We don't even have to consider it. Don't even have to waste the mental energy. I'm, I'm now physically stressing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So, Jake, for you, of some of these games that have come out this year, what would you say is at the top of your list of a game that you want to beat but have not gotten around to yet? So I have started making progress on this, but have not completed uh, Ghost Runner Two. Mm-hmm. That's the current top of my list, right? If I was, if I were to get this, make, start working on the spreadsheet right now, um, and then Armored Core Six. Uh, those are those are definitely the top two. I think it gets more nebulous as we work our way down the list. Um, Because there are other games that I've picked up, maybe like I I picked up Book of Hours and some other games, but like those are definitely the top two. And I want to try to get those done like soon. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, three is probably Baldur's Gate three, actually. (laughs) I do want to finish that. And I recall earlier we were like, hey, we can find some time to play that this week. I probably should have followed up on that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the ball was in your court for that, not not mine. That's fair. Yeah, um, that that is on me. But what about for you, Baldur's Gate Three? <laughs> yeah, because the other things that I started, I have finished. Like, That's fair. Lies of P. Like once once I get started in a Souls like that, I'm enjoying. Mm-hmm. 
going to play that. I will take breaks and do social multiplayer games, but like I'm grinding that out until I beat it because yeah. I want the the satisfaction. Armor Core 6 was uh, another situation like that. Mm-hmm. I just really needed to get through all the content. I'm like, give me more, please. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Well, bonus question for you then. You couldn't have prepared for this because it wasn't on the list. Of the games uh, that you didn't start this year, which ones do you want to go back and play? And it's okay if you take a minute. Alan Wake 2. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it, it's been on my interest list. Um, but like I've said in previous episodes, like I feel like I bought three or four games in a row. And I'm like, let's chill on that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um because some of them like I bought and then I went through it so fast and I'm like oh shit yeah um, right like I think we all purchased Remnant 2 mm-hmm. yeah we did Armor Core 6 I bought Lies of P was thankfully on Game Pass um, Diablo 4 I bought mm-hmm. and it just started to add up and I'm like let's just chill for a little bit yeah so Alan Wake yeah. got pushed back how many hundreds of dollars should we spend on video games these next couple months? I will say as, as a another consideration um, game. This was the year I picked up Game Pass specifically around the time that uh, Starfield came out, which is good because that was a $70 game, right? Like so even with the several months of Game Pass, we're only just approaching or just surpassed. <laughs> the point where I would have been reaching what I would have just spent on Starfield and I would have bought it otherwise, right? True. Um, so uh, that is a big winner this year is Game Pass. The fact that it has Lies of P, Hi-Fi Rush, all of these games. Like, there were so many excellent games that came out this year that aren't on Game Pass, but a good number of them are. So just a consideration. We don't get money from it yet. Phil Spencer, reach out, please. Friend of the show. What about you as far as a game you have not started yet? But oh my gosh, in? I should have been considering that. Uh, geez, I mean, I usually launch the game at least once. Um, I know that there was another Yakuza, but I don't, I can't consider that right. I gotta finish like a dragon first, um, or the first like a dragon, I should say now, because I guess it's Yakuza like a dragon, and then it was like like a dragon Ishin. I think was the next one. So originally, <laughs> and the only reason I know this is because of uh, Dice, friend of the show, special guest, mm-hmm. because I wouldn't know otherwise. But apparently in Japan, it's always the series has always been called Like a Dragon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was Yakuza. In the US, it was just Yakuza. Yeah. So then they're like, hey, and now going forward, they're just doing the same naming scheme in both countries. Yeah. I think that's entirely fair. Uh, I should have taken a little bit more time to to prep this. Uh, this would have been an easy thing. Uh, there's some fighting games. Uh, actually, System Shock. Oops, I think I hit my microphone. System Shock, the remaster came out oh, true. Uh, in May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it's it's going to be 50% off <laughs> by the time I get to it. Um, I, I read that that was uh, pretty well received. Um, and I really like System Shock 2. Uh, the other one I want to mention is the Dead Space remake. Because oh, yeah. Game Pass, I, by the way. That came um, out the beginning of the year, and now it's on Game Pass, like you said. Um, I'm actually stuck at a boss there, and then I took a break from it. Uh-huh. Dave finishes all his games. It's what he was saying. So it's... Well, I didn't pay for this one, so it's, it's oh, different. That's, um, That's true. 
you can probably imagine which boss it is. It's yeah. a it's probably a big guy. It, it's tedious. It's usually a big guy. All, uh, uh, the reason I say that is because every boss in these games is a big guy. It's not well, even yeah. not even a thing. Oh, a game I bought, I think, but I haven't played is Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun, which was the okay. Doomer shooter. Um, so that one that one would definitely count. But hopefully, it doesn't take 40 hours to beat <laughs> when I do pick I'd it up. I'd be surprised. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but yeah, I think that would be that would be probably it for for those top games. Um, I guess this could this could directly relate to that question. But was there an episode that was kicking around in the noggin, or maybe one specifically relating to a game that you wish we would have done this year? Looking back with four, look in my only, eyes and tell me what I'm going to say. Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, it's in me. <laughs> I don't even have to look in his eyes. It's just the number of times he's said Baldur's Gate three this episode. Actually, no. Um, no, Baldur's okay. Gate 3 is definitely up there for me as one sure. of them, but my de facto go-to would be Armored Core 6. We did an episode on it, actually. Right, but it wasn't a full one. <laughs> so um, you want you want a spoiler episode to, to, to clarify. I, ju- I just want you to complete all the stuff so we can talk about it, and I want to have like <laughs> a, a, full, a full release on it. Um, it doesn't yeah, have to maybe be Baldur's like... Gate 3, since we technically did have an Armor Core 6 one. I forgot already, I'll be honest. I, I actually, when I was looking at the episodes to see what we covered this year, I was like, why is Armored Core 6 on here? But we did do a, a low spoiler, yes. Armored Core 6. Um, it would be really funny if we were just like at a cafe or something like that, talking about Armored Core 6 spoilers and just like recording with like a little handheld recorder on mm-hmm. the table in front of us. There's like soup spoon sounds in the background and stuff. That's what the people want, right? Somebody just Ethel just going, "I love soup." <laughs> yeah. Goddamn right, you do Ethel. That chicken chicken noodle is delightful. We get the they get that sound bite. It happens at one point across the entire like episode, uh-huh. but we copy the audio and we just put it at like different volumes and maybe slightly different pitches throughout the entirety of the episode, like ten times. I like soup. <laughs> just kind of like a couple imperceptible ones there in the background. I'm like, was that? Is that the same? Was that the same thing? So what, what about you? Let's say we can't say Baldur's Gate three. Okay. Um, man, this is kind of this is kind of a selfish one, I think. But um, I, I have two answers. The first one is just Starfield. So I could just go like really in depth and like rip into the things mm-hmm. that I think didn't work. Because the way that they don't work is just it's weird to me from like a game design standpoint. It seems like why, why, why are the call? Why does the colony system not mesh together to like make a playable experience? Right. And then they undercut the entire thing by letting you just buy whatever resources you want. So colonies are pointless. Like there's things that were obviously out of place and I don't understand it. Um, so I, literally just the digging into Starfield episode would be one answer. Um, and the other one was Dave the Diver because I didn't really have any awareness of seriously playing it until near the end of the year. And then I just like just rushed it rushed it down over holiday pto and put a tremendous amount of time into it um i've heard good things about it i don't mm-hmm. know if it's necessarily my cup of tea mm-hmm. but it's not perfect i i have had more time to think about 
the, my critique of it. Mm. And I think that there's some lessons that could have learned from other sorts of simulation games, particularly Stardew Valley, as far as like respecting the player's time. But um, it is still it is still quite good. It deserves its overwhelmingly positive review on Steam. Um, those are well, probably maybe in 2024 for these. Huh? Maybe. Yeah, it could be. I, I could also potentially focus my thoughts enough that I could mention some of my critiques and things I enjoy about the game without it dominating a full episode. Um, all right, my, my, my tertiary tertiary answer would have been Payday 3 because I think it would have just been really fun to compare what was happening with that game and how kind of like we just couldn't latch on to it, how it was disappointing, didn't have content, stuff like that. All the way back to our first episode of the podcast for Payday 2. The fact that like a sequel launched for like our first episode of the podcast and there was no time travel loop mm-hmm. there, connective piece. I think that could have been good content. That's true. I could maybe suffer through more Payday 3 to uh, <laughs> make that episode happen. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I don't hate it. I just don't find much cause to play it. So, yeah. Um, if I'm neutral, that's essentially negative because I I don't want to play it. Yeah. Why would you play a neutral game, right? If a game is good, that's usually not really enough to play it these days. It's a strong year. <laughs> so. True. Uh, last one here. Here's, here's the big question: If you could entice someone onto the podcast. Um, what's the what's the term through uh, uh, something or crook, hook hook or crook? But I guess in this case you're just gonna bribe them, right? Because we're not we're not like physically threatening anyone to get them on the podcast. We've tried it; it didn't work. Um, who would you bring in to be a podcast guest in the new year? So I'm gonna think about this for a moment here because I have one answer, mm-hmm. but if I say it. You're going to be like, shit, that was my answer. Mm-hmm. And it's going to put you in a disarray like you wouldn't believe. Okay. So I could throw mine out. And then if it's not the same one, you can be like, oh, okay, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I thought of two. Uh, <laughs> All right. Dude. So the, fir- the first one is Todd Howard, just so I can understand like what is in his head. I don't know. <sighs> and also, this is our chance. This is our chance as a, as a podcast. Be like, oh, yeah, we're the podcast that had Todd Howard on. Um. Although Platy would never listen to us again. Uh, and the second one that I think would be kind of interesting would be uh, like Vadi. Vadi Vidya. Ooh, that's actually pretty good. Shit. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> it wasn't the one you were thinking of, though. As it your, wasn't. As I think you, act, you incidentally stole mine and I incidentally stole yours. Really? Hmm. So, yeah, I think Vati Vidya would be of the two, my preferred mm-hmm. Because obviously it has an opinion on FromSoft games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we just geek out about Armored Core 6. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I was thinking of as far as like, I saw this, I'm like, prepare, think of something. Mm-hmm. Matt Mercer. Ah, Because, okay. I mean, he obviously has a lot of opinions on DMing, story mm-hmm. stuff, character progression. Um, and just would love to talk with him about games in general. Yeah. Baldur's Gate 3. Um and I think he would just be a great guest because he has so much experience, you know, presenting himself on right. being recorded. I was like, 
I think he'd be a slam dunk. He's not going to show up and be like, I don't really know how microphones work. Yeah, he, <laughs> like how to how to act. I think if there was a lull in something, he would be like, oh, I will take the torch, right? Uh-huh, um, yeah. Because I think he just has a lot of experience with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think any of those top top DMs, like D and D DMs, would be pretty entertaining to have on. Brennan obviously would be insane. He would overpower us, I think, with sheer cult of personality. Um, That's but true. Mercer's good. Mercer's good because I know that he can also kind of sometimes be a little bit more uh, humble and shy and sort of in the background, so we can beat him down, right? Like we can get our opinions in there as well that's the most important thing we want with a guest <laughs> and my backups would be toby fox ooh. aka toby fox ooh that'd be big because uh, he's obviously a huge done, fan has he ever done interviews i don't, I don't I, even know i doubt it um but if i could mm-hmm. toby fox um mm-hmm. and then oh no i'm having a brain fart does all the music for uh have another brain fart. Super giant games. Darren uh, Corp. Darren Corp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that'd be good. I obviously can't talk too much technical music stuff because I don't mm-hmm. really make music. Yeah. But <laughs> you just, just ask would him, be a cool guess. I don't know. You ask him cool Q and A questions like, "Why are you so good? <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being good?" Uh huh. Yeah. Could can you, you make us a send me your mailing intro? address so I can send you love notes? Uh uh-huh. huh. No, that would be pretty good. I, I am curious. Um, it would be this is purely in fantasy, but it would be nice to have like maybe a series of guests where it's just like for the game industry. Here's a representative from each part yeah. of it. Right. Like what's it like as a game developer? What's it like as a game designer? What's it like as a you know music designer or something like yeah. that? That'd I, be really cool. I do have some contacts here and there, but. This is where I learned Dave's been holding out on me. I mean, when I asked them initially, like, hey, would you ever be interested in doing something like this? Um, I think they immediately had, like, NDA concerns. Ah, of, yes. like, things leading back to them. They don't want to divulge important information or, mm-hmm. like, let's say they're complaining about their job to then have that go back and reach somebody else. You got to um, reach out to Divulger Digital. Divulger Digital? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's fair. In the same way that, like, I don't talk about work <laughs> on the podcast, you know, for for good reason. I could see how people who are in the industry might not want to do that as well. And that's probably why, like, the talking heads, the people higher up are the ones that are actually, you know, talking about games or the process and stuff like that. Yeah. But let this be our, I don't want to say cult arms, or but rallying cry, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, or if you know of somebody who works in the game industry or is tangential to it, you might have some interesting thoughts or insights, or that person would, uh, mm-hmm. please reach out and let us know. Um, yeah. I think it would be an interesting episode, because one, obviously we're going to be learning a lot oh, yeah. uh, as far as some of the insights there, and then we also get to share that with the audience, because we're essentially acting as the audience. Yes. Hey, what do you do? What all is entailed in your job? Does it right. suck? Is certain other things better? Is it all management's fault? Um, yeah, we can. We have. We can get voice disorders and things like that if you want to be anonymous. It's it's fine. It's fine. Um, 
I like that though. That is the uh, that'll be the that'll be the takeaway. If you want to respond to that offer, I know this is going to be an extensive vetting process. We're going to need to go through a lot of applications. But um, if what Dave just said uh, strikes your fancy, uh, feel free to reach out at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could join the discussion on Facebook. That doesn't make any sense if you want to be anonymous, though. Facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast or use a different account. Sign in with your significant others account. That always that always works well. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good end of year. <laughs>